Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest College Basketball Show, where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Well, today is Tuesday, and that usually means that I'm joined by Rick Broering. He is back with me today. Rick, of course, the publisher of MusketeerReport.com and the radio analyst for Northern Kentucky men's basketball team. So, Rick, we're here to talk NKU. We're going to talk Xavier. Also going to hit quickly on UK's win over Tennessee over the weekend. Let's start with the Norse, though, and get your overall take on the State of the Union with Northern Kentucky. I know they're right there around the top of the Horizon League uh, trying to position themselves, jockey for position there to try and win a conference title. So take the good people of uh, this podcast through where NKU is right now. Yeah, well, NKU entered the week coming in competing for the top spot in the Horizon League. They pl- went to Milwaukee on thir- Thursday, and the those two teams were tied. So Milwaukee went up a game on NKU with the win uh it was a, it was a close game down to the end like most of NKU's conference games have been this year but really the Norse in in that matchup just early they really struggled to stop Milwaukee's three-point shooting um their star guard BJ Freeman went for 28 points in that game and hit five threes so that put NKU behind the eight ball and then as they tried to battle their way back in later in the game they just couldn't come up with enough stops to, to get over the hump. So that was kind of a down note for NKU on Thursday, but then they bounced back. They played Green Bay, who is the second worst team in the conference, just ahead of IUPUI, one of the worst teams in the country, ranked 360th overall in Ken Palm. They had an easy win there, won by 21 points, 74 to 53. And Wright State, being a, a helpful rival to the Norse, went ahead and knocked off Milwaukee. So now what you've got in the Horizon League is a four-way top a four-way tie, excuse me, at the top of the league with Youngstown State, Cleveland State, NKU, and Milwaukee all at six and two. So that was really the the big storyline, the big picture view from this weekend. What about Sam Vincent, Rick? I know he's had a roller coaster of a season. How's he been playing? Well, he has really struggled shooting the ball for most of the year, really. His percentages are down. He's shooting just 33% from two-point range and 25% from beyond the arc, but that three-point percentage was actually helped out by this last game at Green Bay when he went four of six from three-point range. That's the most that he's hit this season and tied for the most three-pointers he's hit in a game in his career. So it was a good sign to see him get back on track from three. Now, he did go 0 for six from two-point range in that game, so you'd like to see him start finishing a little bit better again. But uh, Sam is doing everything else well. He rebounds. He is a great defender. He had five steals in these two games. He's the the league leader or conference leader in steals uh, right now in the Horizon League. So he's been great in every other aspect. They just need him to start scoring again like they know he's capable of. And what about Marquez Ward? And Marquez Ward played well, as he, as he typically does. Um, he had 16 points in the game against Milwaukee, really struggled shooting in that one. He was two for 12 from beyond the arc, but he bounced back against Green Bay and played pretty well with 21 points. The big story to me, though, really was the this weekend in terms of individual players was the play of Chris Brandon, the big man for NKU. If you go back to last week, Darren Horn had taken him out of the starting lineup against Detroit which is his old team. And then he came back and played. He started again against Milwaukee and Green Bay. And in those two games, he had 18 rebounds against Milwaukee, 
eight of them on the offensive end, and he turned around and had 11 against Green Bay, seven of them off the offensive end. So that's 15 offensive rebounds in just two games. When his motor is running high, he's as productive as any big man in the conference. So now NKU has Cleveland State and uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne this week. Two games that NKU probably should win, but two close ones uh, setting up for it. A four-game home streak, uh, home stretch, I should say, before finishing uh, basically most of the season on the road. How does NKU need to perform in these games at home to really set themselves up for the the stretch run? You just nailed it. The, the, you got to win these four home games or at least as many of them as possible because of that stretch towards the end of the season where you have to be on the road for seven of your last eight. That's just going to be really difficult to, to pile wins up at the end of the year. And like we just talked about, you have a four-way tie at the top of the conference with four teams at six and two. By the way, one of those teams is Cleveland State, who is who NKU will host on Thursday. And then on Saturday, you've got a Purdue-Fort Wayne team that hasn't played to the expectations of everyone else coming into the season. They're just four and four right now, but they were the team that was picked to win the Horizon League in the preseason by the media members. So uh, that those both of those games are going to be really big ones for NKU. And then you have Green Bay and Milwaukee. You hope you can get some revenge on Milwaukee in that the following week. So these four home games are all going to be massive for the Norse, and especially these two this weekend should be very tough games. All right, let's talk Xavier and Musketeers now at 15-3 and three on the season. With the new AP poll today, the Musketeers are now the number eight team in the country back in the top 10 under Sean Miller mentioned the winning streak at 11 15 and 3 on the season 7 and 0 in the Big East and in sole possession of first place in the Big East Xavier picks up an 80 to 76 win over Marquette on Sunday in a rank matchup Marquette actually moved up five spots in the rankings to number 20 this week overall impressions of how Xavier played in another close game and another close win they played very well on the offensive end. Once again, this game was played at a breakneck pace in the first half. It slowed down a bit in the second half, but Xavier still was pretty efficient on the offensive end. And then defensively, they actually came up with some stops down the stretch when they really needed it. I thought one important move by Sean Miller was to put Colby Jones, Xavier's top defender, on the point guard, Tyler Kolick for Marquette, really slowed down their pick and roll game, and that helped lead to a win in the second half. How huge is this for Xavier right now to be in a spot where they're number eight in the country? You've won all of these games in a row. Now you have DePaul and Georgetown this week to potentially set yourself up for a 13-game winning streak going back to UConn next week. Well, if you go 9-0 and to start your conference slate, even a collapse at that point leaves you around 500. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's crazy to think about where this Xavier team could be if they just play 500, if they get to 9-0 and with the wins over DePaul and Georgetown this week. And then at that point, you just play 500 basketball the rest of the way, and you're right at the top of the conference pretty much. So they've put themselves in a really good spot, and it's just so much fun for Xavier fans after the frustration of the last four years. Yeah, no doubt. And what do you say to people that have issues or criticisms of Xavier's defense right now, Rick? Well, they're legitimate. Uh, Xavier needs to get better on the defensive side, but I do think you're seeing some improvements on that end. And I, the other thing that I've seen that I think is notable is in these games against good teams, Creighton, Marquette being the two most recent examples, but you can go back to the UConn game at the end of December. 
Xavier has been able to come up with key stops in the big moments when they need them most. I think part of that is because they have a guy like Colby Jones to put on the opposing team's best player. But as much as Xavier has struggled on the defensive end, they are finding a a way to win a lot of games. And I don't think you can just discount that. I think that's part of their DNA and, and the way they play. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about all of the things that have gone right for Xavier so far to this point in the season. They've gotten superb point guard play out of Sule Boom. They're just getting so much offensive production. They've been able to overcome some of those defensive issues. Xavier right now setting themselves up for a great week, potentially a 13-game winning streak. Last thing I want to talk to you about, Rick, is Kentucky. The Wildcats go on the road to Knoxville over the weekend and get a top-five win over Tennessee. I was talking in the Chatterbox offices on Friday. I mentioned this on yesterday's show. We were talking about this Kentucky team and some potential for them this year. And I was saying that it, this team definitely has the talent to win a game like this. But I did not think for a second that this would be the spot where they would get that win. But they did. Credit to this group. Credit to, Co- to Coach Calipari and, and to this group for getting it done on the road in a game that they really, really needed. But my question that I posed yesterday on the show, is this lightning in a bottle? Or is this something that could be the start of something new for Kentucky? It's tough to say. It really remains to be seen. But a couple things to take note of. I think, first of all, Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick have started to play better over the last couple of games, and especially in this Tennessee win. Both of those guys give you IQ guys. They give you shooters. They give you some of the things offensively that you've really been missing. So I think that could be big for this team if they can continue to get more out of those two players. The other thing, and you hate to point out individuals, and granted, Cason Wallace did not really play well against Tennessee. He didn't even score in the game. But Kentucky, for the most part this year, has played better when Severe Wheeler has been out of the game and has not been their point guard. I don't know if I want to put all of their issues on severe Wheeler because I definitely don't think that's the case, but I do think it's been notable that they win their biggest game of the season at or at Tennessee when they don't have one of their starting players who plays a ton of minutes. It might be time for Cal to be a little less stubborn in his lineups and start to look to play a different set out there to start with. And to be clear, do you think, Rick, that this is a team that is trending toward the NCAA tournament right now or is trending toward an NIT berth? Because I would say right now they are firmly in the NIT field. They're really in trouble in terms of uh, an NCAA tournament bid, but a win at Tennessee gives you a major notch on your resume. They still have plenty of games, being that they play in the SEC. They have some big road games left. They also have a home game against Kansas in late January coming up. So that is another massive opportunity, and it's at home. So if they're able to pull off that win, all of a sudden you've got some huge wins uh, under your belt, and if you can continue to play better in SEC play, maybe there's enough left here for the Cats to still make it into the tournament, but they've really got an uphill battle with the way that they started the season. Rick? Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Dayton plays Davidson tonight at home at seven as Dayton looks to rebound from last Friday's loss to VCU. Davidson is two and four in the A-10 and is on a three-game losing streak. This will be broadcast nationally on CBS Sports Network. Miami is at Millette Hall tonight for a 7 p.m. tip against Northern Illinois. The Huskies are currently the second lowest rated Ken Palm team in the MAC, and the Red Hawks will look to win their second conference game. 
Kentucky will try to keep their momentum rolling forward from Saturday's huge win over Tennessee. The Wildcats are back at Rupp Arena to play Georgia, who is having a good season under first-year head coach Mike White, who took over the Bulldogs from Florida. Georgia is 3-1 in the SEC so far this year. This one is at 9 on ESPN. A couple exciting games yesterday around the country. Georgetown almost beat Villanova, but the Wildcats closed it out in the game's final few minutes to win by four. And number three, Purdue survived on a game-winning shot from Zach Eady to beat Michigan State in East Lansing 64-63. Tonight is setting up to potentially be the best night of the week with some huge Big 12 games. Number two, Kansas visits number 13, Kansas State at 7. Number seven, Texas is at number 12, Iowa State at 8. And then Baylor is at Texas Tech at 9. I mentioned the AP poll. The new one came out yesterday. Xavier, number eight in this week's AP poll. Around the Big East, Connecticut fell nine spots to number 15, which means Xavier is the highest-ranked team in the Big East. Marquette actually moved up five spots to number 20, and Providence fell three spots to number 22. Second day in a row yesterday with a winner from Paul's Pick of the Day presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Illinois cruised past Minnesota covering the nine easily and winning by 18. Let's keep the streak going and we're going to see if Clemson can keep it going. Plus two at Wake Forest. I don't trust Wake as much as I trust Clemson and this is a big one for the Tigers in their race for the ACC. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Enjoy your Tuesday and I'll talk to you tomorrow.